This is the Unstoppable Authors Podcast with world building warrior Angeline Trevina and planning and productivity powerhouse Holly Line. Every week we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business, and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey, and encourage you to be unstoppable. Hello and welcome to episode number 85 of Unstoppable Authors. I'm your host Holly Lyon and today I'm going to be talking you through some of the things that indie authors can learn from traditional publishing. (gasps) The horror. So before I get started, um, just a quick personal update from me. Um, I've done the cover reveal for my Hidden City novella uh, everywhere now and um, had some really good feedback from that and people seem to be quite excited which is nice um i'm getting ready to launch that book uh, later this month and i have had to put a date on it because i put the pre-order up uh so that is coming out on the 25th of march um so yeah that I, i feel good to have a deadline on that because i think part of why i was really not not cracking on with it was because I didn't have a deadline and I was I was scared to put a deadline on it because I didn't want to then be under pressure but not having a deadline meant nothing was getting done on it now it's like right I better get this bad boy ready to go out into the world so I just need to format it basically get it all packaged up ready to go so fingers crossed that's not going to be too tight of a deadline for me that should be perfectly fine um also really um really recently been introduced to the idea of chronotypes um which i hadn't come across before and i was reading up on it and i had like a proper aha moment um so basically the principle is that there are four different sort of sleep-wake patterns that are typical among people and um, each one is named after an animal and most people are bears which is they pretty much you know rise and go to bed with the sun Um, and you know they can get up okay in the morning they can function and you know hold down a nine-to-five relatively easily and all of that stuff Um, and then you have lions who are early risers and you have um, wolves who are the night owls. And then you also have dolphins, which I don't quite get that one, but okay. Um, but dolphins are, um, you know, restless sleepers um, and very, uh, you know, wake easily, easily disturbed and so on. Um, and I I am somewhere between a wolf and a dolphin. I'm, I'm a wolf but with also with some dolphin traits, I think. Um, and it was like, everything just made so much sense. And I've always described myself as a night owl. I've always, you know, gone with that. So I'm not a morning person, not a morning person. Um, but reading it just really made me kind of 
realize you know yes this is me and like I shouldn't be trying to fight it what am I doing trying to like go against this this is this is how I am and it is genetic it's it's not something you can you know train yourself to change although um they do suggest that people do naturally change a bit over the course of their lives um and a lot of people um who are wolves when they're younger do sort of um find it easier to rise earlier as they you know reach older ages so we shall see um but yeah you know i i come like come alive after dark like i find the afternoon very difficult very it, i'm very sluggish i have very low motivation to do anything um i find it very difficult to get up and function before 9am um but 9pm i am awake i am ready i want to do things and it, what often happens to me is i will not really do anything during the afternoon and then you know after, like when my kids go to bed i'm like right i've got energy what can i do and i'll often find myself coming back to do some work um rather than you know not rather than doing something else and and it's like now that i understand this whole thing about the chronotypes it's like oh that makes so much sense and I get this second wind like you know late in the evening because that is when I'm naturally inclined to have a boost of energy so I'm gonna try to work with it um, rather than trying to fight it so I'm gonna you know start my work day at you know 8pm <laughs> and <laughs> we'll um, see what happens see how much more productive I am and um yeah I will keep you posted so last week uh we asked you um what is your favorite example of foreshadowing in literature or on screen and you know what we had no replies guys seriously I don't know if you didn't want to spoil anything or you couldn't think of any examples I I don't know I don't know what but um please reply like you you know it's never too late you can come back and find our posts and um and let us know because you know I because this is such a, a big thing for me I love foreshadowing and I always look for it and I'm always like I always really notice it and I get really excited about it so you know come and tell me your examples it's fine don't worry about spoilers or anything like that just um I want to hear from you so go find our posts and and answer um this week I'm asking you, what is one thing you wish you'd known sooner about publishing? And make sure you are following Unstoppable Authors on Instagram and you are in our Facebook group um, so that you can come and answer because we really do want to hear from you <laughs> and we want to get these these conversations going, you know. Um, it makes such a, a big difference to us when we get lots of interaction from you guys. We, we really like it and we really appreciate it. So... Yeah, do come in and join the discussion on one of our social media platforms. We have no new patrons this week, but a big thank you to all of our current patrons. Your support helps us to keep producing this show. Patrons get early access to episodes, exclusive behind-the-scenes access to our off-air banter, as well as the warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting the podcast. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so for just £3 a month at patreon.com forward slash unstoppableauthors. Okay, so onto the topic for today. Now, I wanted to talk about this because it's something a little bit different and potentially a little bit controversial. Um, 
In indie circles, we often talk about what traditional publishing can learn from indie because we seem to be, you know, doing something that they are not doing. Um, (laughs) And I think there sometimes seem to be a bit of reluctance to ever acknowledge that the reverse is also true. We can actually learn from each other, both sides of this industry. Now, the two sides of the industry are remarkably similar, but also incredibly different. And I think that diversity is a huge asset because we're both doing different things right and perhaps different things wrong as well. And if we both learn from each other, we can both get stronger and support one another. And I I don't like this sort of competition, you know, this um, antagonism between traditional publishing and indie publishing. I don't think it's helpful. And um, I would like us to, you know, see each other as, you know, colleagues, really, rather than competitors. So it's often said that traditional publishing could um, could learn some specific things from indie. So, for instance, speeding up timescales, the wheels of the big machine that is like the the big, you know, five. I think they're actually down to four now. Um, publishing companies they move incredibly slowly, and um, we don't have to. And you know, mod the modern day, the digital age. Uh, does allow for them to speed up a little bit. So they could do that. They could choose to do that. They could also choose to pay their authors more. Um, (laughs) We enjoy a 70% royalty rate. Most traditionally published authors get less than 10%. Um, So it's a, a huge difference. Traditional could learn to be more adaptable to market changes, especially around pricing and marketing. And I'll talk about that a bit more later on. Um, And traditionally published authors could learn how to promote themselves by seeing what indies do because most trad published authors do not get any marketing from their publisher or they get very minimal marketing. Uh, What marketing the publisher does do is going to be direct to bookstores rather than direct to readers. So any, um, any marketing that needs to happen directly to readers pretty much always falls upon the authors so and and a lot of them don't realize that and a lot of new writers who haven't um really thought too much yet about their publishing options or they assume that trad is the only way they assume that they're gonna get given their own pr person and and a marketing budget and they'll be sent on book tours and and all of that stuff and have you know posters in bus stops and that simply isn't true especially not for a debut author they generally won't get any marketing help from the publisher um so you know they then turn to look at what we're doing and um realize oh i can actually have a direct connection with my readers oh that's interesting so um yeah i i'd love to see traditionally published authors paying more attention to what's happening in the indie sphere so that they can you know help promote themselves the way that we have to so I do think um that all of these things are true however I do think as well that indies can learn a few things from trad so um the first thing that came to mind for me was copywriting now traditional publishers have lots of experience of this they have specialists you know, um, in-house on their staff. They can write 
top-notch blurbs and ad copy, they know how to sell books. <laughs> They've been doing this for a very long time and they employ very skilled and experienced copywriters to sell their books. So one thing that indies can do is look at the blurbs of traditionally published books and study them. Now, not all of them are going to be good, of course, just like with anything. Um, but if you, you know, look at the bestseller lists and see what they're doing well, see, you know, see how the blurbs are constructed, um, look at the kind of language they use, the kind of hooks they use, how they are put together, because you know, they have been very skillfully put together by people who really do know what they're doing. So look for trends and see what's working right now. Um, it might not be that useful to look at a book by um, a really big name author because the name will be doing most of the selling for them. So, you know, Stephen King's blurbs, for instance, I don't know, I'm just plucking a name off the top of my head, um, might not necessarily be what you want to emulate um but a smaller you know a lesser known but traditionally published author who is selling well look at their blurb because their blurb will be selling the book for them another thing i think we could learn um is systems and processes now in a big company you need those things because you have lots of people employed lots of people involved in each product and each person has lots of products on their roster too but small businesses also need systems we may be sole traders with only one project on the go at once although many of us do juggle multiple projects and hire freelancers but systems help us streamline and be efficient knowing what step comes next can help you to plan so you know think about how it must work in a publishing company you know they they are going to have a sort of fixed way of doing things they will you know run up every project every single book that is you know on their books has a place in their system and you should have that too so you know have a place to collect ideas and have a system or a set of systems for writing your books because I'm the first to say each book is different so you don't necessarily follow the exact same system every time you write a book um, but you know have some some strategies that you have worked out some processes that you know work for you and you know move your projects through those processes and then you know make sure you know what your what your timeline is what your you know, what each step of the process is for you, you know, um, what order you're going to do things like, you know, beta readers, developmental edits, copy edits, um, you know, proofreading, formatting, you know, make sure you know the whole system. And if it helps to have it all written down somewhere, um, then then do that, you know, and keep it somewhere you can easily find it. And, and then you've got, you know, all your uploading and you know, blurb writing and all, and the cover design and oh, there's just so many moving parts. And if you don't have, um, you know, something kind of concrete, something that you can, you know, like tracks, like railway tracks, if you, if you're just kind of careening along without being on track, then you can end up 
crashing okay and and burning and just being a big hot mess because you have no idea what's going on but if you have a track to follow then and you can you can just go one step at a time and follow the track that you have laid for yourself and your process will be so much more smooth okay that i mentioned freelancers there um as well so the next thing i wanted to mention was working with professionals so we don't actually have to do everything ourselves and there are some things we definitely shouldn't do at all so you want to make sure that you are working with professional cover designer um editor proofreader and you might even go so far as to outsource your marketing or hire an assistant once you get to the appropriate stage in your author career you can and should be working with professionals to make your books as professional as possible you should not be making your own cover unless you are an experienced cover designer Um, you shouldn't be doing your own editing um, even if you are an editor because you are too close to your work you need another pair of eyes at least one other pair of eyes on your book before it goes out into the world um so hire people to help you um this you know is what happens in traditional publishing they have experts either in-house or that they outsource to um who help get a book packaged up ready for retail it's not a solo endeavor for them so why should it be for us we if we want to compete if we want to have the same level of quality and i know there are there are sometimes some not great quality trad published books out there um very generally speaking quality you know um, publishers are producing good quality products um another thing I think we can learn from trad publishing is patience. So traditional publishing moves very slowly and a big lure of being indie is being able to go quicker. But this can be a danger. We can end up rushing, skipping steps or getting disheartened when we don't see quick results. It takes years to even get a trad deal and then another couple of years until the book is released. Trad authors have to be patient and trust the process. Now, why does it take so long? In part because it's a big machine, lots of moving parts, lots of things on the go, but also because they're thorough with editing and cover design and pre-release marketing. It takes time to book out a book tour and line up reviews and editorials. Not that any debut authors get that kind of assistance, as I mentioned, but um, it can happen, and obviously it does happen for the bigger names. So they take their time, they make sure everything's right before they publish Um, and we can do that too Um, and I think even if you are um, wanting to publish a lot of books quickly, um, I still think it's important to not rush. Um, You can do a lot you can front load the work you know get an entire series written before you publish anything if you want to um or you know get most of it done before you start doing you know blurbs and covers and you know um pre-orders and on all of the release stuff and then release each book quickly that's fine i have no issue with anyone doing that but 
I think there is this um, there is this trend, you know, of write a book, just get it, you know, good enough, right? Get it good enough and put it out there and then quickly move on to the next thing. And I don't necessarily think that's a good idea. Um, certainly not near the beginning. I think once you've been writing for a long time and you, if you have a very, um, very quick output in terms of words, uh, if you are one of those writers who can regularly write 5, 10, 15,000 words a day, then yeah, sure, you're going to be able to write a book in a week or two. Um, but it takes time to build to that. Um, <laughs> and obviously, you can't publish a first draft, you, you know, the, the, the work needs refining. And I think it's important to take the time to do that. And don't necessarily look at the authors who appear to be putting out a book every three weeks, because, you know, they they may have you know, help from a ghostwriter, or they may have, like I said, written those books earlier and they're finished already and now they're releasing them quickly. And so you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. And if you are at the start of your journey, you, you can't expect to replicate that kind of output um, of really good quality work. So, you know, like a trad published author who has to wait for their book to be released um you know they're not having to do like having to manage the project they they're having it managed for them we have to do our own project management and um i think just doing that and and taking time take you know being careful with it making sure everything's done right is a good thing um but also just more sort of a more aerial view just being patient about success is important um there there's no such thing as an overnight success really and just as you know you you get the occasional traditionally published debut author whose book sells loads and they are propelled to you know relative stardom quite quickly chances are that wasn't the first book they wrote they probably wrote a dozen before that that never got published okay so there is no such thing as an overnight success and that is true in the indie world as well and again it's very easy to look at the you know big names in your genre and and see how much they're selling and think oh why is that not happening for me and I've gone through that I've, I'm going through that to a certain extent at the moment and you know seeing some of my peers who are having huge success and while of of course I am deliriously happy for them there is that little bit of me that's going oh why isn't it happening for me and it's me being impatient okay and so I'm telling myself this as well as you be patient and you know give yourself grace it takes time to build up to that kind of success it takes time to grow an audience it doesn't happen in just a few months or even a couple of years it takes time it takes a lot of books and a lot of putting yourself out there so be patient and keep going so uh, I mentioned about the uh, pre-release marketing that traditional publishers do well they are very good at building hype and we can also learn to do that we can do a lot of the things that they do um we also have a few other things uh, a few other tools in our toolkit that 
trad publishers don't have um such as you know group promos and newsletter swaps um you know author to author you know sharing and and marketing um but we can also do virtual book tours and we can book tables at book fairs and book signings and readings we can attend conferences as speakers there's really nothing that indie authors can't do anymore there are no no real closed doors and there is a huge thriving indie community um out there and you know occasionally as well now we are starting to see indie authors break into the trad publishing sphere a little bit more as well um and appear as speakers at events that are trad dominant um you know it happens so you know before you throw your book out into the world you know take a bit of time to to look into these things and make these plans and build hype for your books you know these big selling traditionally published books don't get there on their own they get there with a lot of marketing (laughs) so (laughs) um, we can replicate that in our own way the next thing is professionalism and valuing ourselves so while I do think that traditional publishing could definitely stand to get on board with things like pricing ebooks lower than their print editions because who would pay the same for an ebook when they aren't getting a physical product? I'm sorry, but you know, twelve or thirteen pounds is too much for an ebook. So get with the program, Trad. Um But I do think indies could be bold enough to increase our prices rather than indulging in this race to the bottom. Now the whole perma-free and and free promotions issue is beyond the scope of this episode it's a big debate and there's no right or wrong you know different strategies for different authors and all that and at different times in your career and I I get all of that and there is a time and a place for perma-free and all of that I'm not knocking it however just from my personal opinion I would like to see authors valuing their work more. I think we should be selective and strategic in free promotions. And I think a lot of us could definitely add a dollar to our full price books. Okay. Um, our, Our books are worth something. You know, our work deserves a fair price. And I, you know, people, readers are buying full price trad books. So, you know, why are indies so afraid to, like, price too high? You know, it it's bizarre to me. Um, I mean, I do get it. I do, if you, you know, you're scrolling through the retailer and all the other books are, you know, about the same price, it, it can be scary to go higher than that because you think, well, who's going to buy my book for five ninety nine when they can buy this one for three ninety nine? But actually, you know, readers do. They they actually do pay that much for books regularly. And a lot of the time, as a you know, a reader browsing you know an ebook store, you can't even tell if a book is indie or trad. You know, I mean I think some of some of us can, you know, it's indie authors who we realise there are different trends in cover design and things like that. But you have to have really looked into it to notice that. Most readers 
are not going to notice that they do not know and they do not care and a lot of readers still don't you know aren't really that aware of indie publishing they will assume that more or less any book they can buy is traditionally published so you know rather than trying to like you know price your books attractively low try and flip your mindset around a little bit and say my book is really good it's really good quality I've put a lot of um time effort and money into this I've invested a lot and I'm gonna be paid what my book is worth you know and if we all kind of agreed to do that then we would see you know the standard prices creeping up a little bit and you know there's nothing wrong with that and readers who want free and cheap books will always be able to get free and cheap books just as they always have been able to there are libraries still (laughs) all over the world still a thing um and you have you know subscription services like kindle unlimited for the people who read so many books they really can't afford to pay you know six seven pounds whatever each time and that's fine those services are great for those readers but that isn't every reader may not even be most readers um so that's my little personal rant on value um my final thing that i think we could maybe do with learning from trad publishing is remembering about writing for passion (laughs) how many traditionally published authors do you think worry about writing to market or making sure they include all the right tropes in their book I'd hazard a guess it's very, very few. They write the book that they want to write and then they try to find the audience for it. It's the publisher's job to sell what they have on their books. And of course, they do pay attention to the market and they only take on books that they think stand a good chance of selling and that aren't too similar to other books in their ecosystem. So I'm not saying the indies should ignore this completely, but for the sake of our own happiness and being able to take pride in our work, Maybe we could reduce the importance of chasing the market and releasing as fast as possible. Maybe we could, you know, reflect on what really matters and why we got into doing this in the first place. I doubt it was to make quick money. (laughs) Um, And if that is your reason for writing, I hope you realise now that that's not realistic. Um, We we write because we're called to it, because we want to tell stories, because we have ideas burning a hole in our brains <laughs> um and you know i i think i think it's okay to to be that kind of writer and to just you know write what we want to write and you know my my books don't fit really neatly into a specific niche of a specific subgenre of a larger genre they are not you know marketed to a very specific demographic um I write the books that I have in me to write. I write the stories that come to me and they don't, they're not written to market. They are written from my soul. And um, it's certainly my perception that that is the case for pretty much 100% of traditionally published authors. And I think it should be for us as well. That's just my opinion. You are, of course, perfectly entitled to disagree. At the end of the day, traditional publishing has been around for centuries 
and has been consistently successful. They know how to sell books. They may be coping less well with how quickly things are changing in the digital age, but they're still here and they're still selling loads. Their profits have skyrocketed in the last 12 months as well. So there is no shame in picking out the good bits and emulating them. Obviously being indie means we are free to do our own thing, but that includes looking at what others are doing and cherry picking the best bits. So just a reminder of our question of the week, what is one thing you wish you'd known sooner about publishing? Make sure you are following us on Instagram and a member of our Facebook group to share your answers. Don't forget, if you want to hear all the backstage stuff and get all of the other benefits of being a patron, you can join us over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. Don't forget to visit our website to get the show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles at unstoppableauthors.com. And join our guild of unstoppable authors and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of World Building. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review.